You've been a good saver for retirement, but that's only half the job. The other half involves making smart decisions about withdrawing those hard-earned dollars. Welcome in to Your Retirement with Sam Jones. It's time for Your Retirement, and uh, it is the Dual Financial Strategies that brings you this uh, program each and every week. I'm Chuck Caton, and in studio today, we've got Luke Van Abel and Andy Schooler, as Sam is on assignment. And, uh, well, how are you guys? It's good to be with you once again. Uh, I think financial experts uh, say that there are a handful of retirement distribution strategies that can be used to stretch your money further for a long retirement. And these can be combined or changed over time. So let's talk about some of these here, uh, starting with Andy. Uh, the 4% rule, does it still apply? Oh, the 4% rule. Gosh, <laughs> everybody loves the 4% rule. It came about from a, a man named William Bengen. I think I'm pronouncing that right. He's credited with originating that 4% rule, which many people use to guide their retirement withdrawals. Now, the rule determined that withdrawing 4% from a retirement fund in the first year, followed by inflation-adjusted withdrawals every year after, should ensure money is available to sustain a 30-year retirement. It's been more than 25 years since he created this rule, and current advisors say people shouldn't be too wedded to the idea of withdrawing 4%. Now, while the concept is sound in theory, the right percentage for a retiree should be customized to a person's age and life expectancy, and I would go beyond that and say... Spend some time really with a fiduciary advisor that is taking a look at what you need. Do you have an income gap that you have to solve for? And this is where I get a little bit, um, don't just get married to that 4% rule. Oh yeah, we just need to take out 4% because essentially some of you don't need to take out 4%. Now, if your money is sitting in an IRA, you may need to take out money specifically for a required minimum distribution when you turn 72 right now. But essentially, you have to know how much you actually really need to withdraw because you might be able to get by only taking one and a half, two percent, three percent out. And so you don't actually need to take four percent. So then we can come back into taxes later on and talk all about that. But just just be mindful of the fact that just to say willy nilly four percent's the deal. I don't know that I I agree with that. All right. Well, Luke, are you married to any withdrawal of a fixed percentage? Um, not married to any fixed withdrawal, but just kind of to capitalize on what Andy's talking about. There are, you know, just because there's the 4% rule, you know, you don't have to be married to a certain percentage. Um, you can take out a certain amount regardless of inflation or including inflation. Um, but I think what's important here is that you look at what your individual family needs are. What does your lifestyle need? What do you need to just provide you, you know, your food, clothing, and shelter money, some discretionary spending, um, and kind of live within those means. I think where people run into challenges is when they are told they might get bad advice. We've had numerous clients in numerous. that have come from other play places that have had with fixed withdrawal rates that are just obscene and they wonder why unsustainable you know, unsustainable and they're just they're yeah. going broke so you've got to have a realistic expectation here all right so where do you guys stand here andy on uh, fixed dollar withdrawals because uh, at least you'd have an idea of what you're needing every month but that does that take everything into consideration 
It may not. I mean, from a standpoint of, you know, some people do treat their retirement accounts like piggy banks, withdrawing money whenever it's needed. Um, a smarter approach may be to take systematic withdrawals. Again, this goes back to it depends. And I'm, you know, sorry to be vague on that, but it does depend on who you are, what your lifestyle looks like, what your needs are, um, as well as what tools you're using. I mean, you know, you'll find some people that will set up a fixed income stream and it may be based on taking a portion of their money because the income stream that they need could be solved by a specific tool that they use, something like a fixed or fixed indexed annuity that's turned on for income mm -hmm. for a period of time while you're letting other money do other stuff and work for you. So yes and no. And again, it depends on what you're trying to accomplish or what you need specifically in your retirement. So, you know, to get married to a, oh, it's a percentage or it's a specific dollar amount. Um, I don't know your situation. I don't know what circumstances and I don't know what you're trying to solve for. So when we talk about, you know, Sam's book all the time, Purpose Determines Placement, um, the purpose of the money is going to determine what tool you use. So be mindful of that because it's not like a once and, you know, one tool fits for everyone. It doesn't. And that's not the case. So you have to be aware of what tools are available, what tools are going to solve the problem that you have if you have one and really when you're talking about income then you also have to take into account taxes and what that means and how much money that you have to pull out of that how is that going to affect your taxes because we can plan for taxes um, so that is something that we need to get into a little bit further later on absolutely so now Luke what about limiting withdrawals to income well this is another approach Chuck to basically just pulling out the dividends that maybe stocks are producing the gains that are left um, inside of an account. But one of the challenges with, you know, just pulling out the income uh, are time periods when you don't have as much income coming in. Are you going to be able to live off of a reduced amount? Or if let's say the market has a down year and there is no capital appreciation, is your budget or your lifestyle going to allow for you to just not take a distribution that you know, that particular year, though, for whatever period of time that would fall under. So in the real world, I think this is a really challenging one uh, going into retirement. It's really hard to just say, I'm going to pull, pull the interest unless that's all discretionary income that's needed. And you're basically just not going to go on that trip or do those things if that income is not coming in. Absolutely. All right, Andy. So should we consider a total return approach? Um. It has validity to it, for sure. You know, the the other thing that we haven't really touched on is your sequence of returns. So if you're going into retirement, let's say you have two couples, exactly the same dollar amount, say $500,000. And if we just look at the way that the returns come in, depending on what tools you're using, let's just say in the market, if you have a strategy that is based on taking money out on your returns that you get for that year. And in the first few years, you have some not so great returns or maybe the market is down and so your accounts are down and you're trying to figure out how much money you're gonna be able to pull out on, on top of that. That can be a real problem for your accounts. When we look at that sequence of returns, Taking those down years in the first few years of your retirement, if you had a couple of years that were not so great, can affect the rest of your retirement years as far as how well your money's going to do if you have to take money out of those accounts to live on. So yes, it could be okay to do that if you had positive returns, but if you're depending on that money, then you're probably going to have to branch out and look at some different vehicles and some different tools um, and not just stick with a market account. All right. We're talking about withdrawing from your uh, well, different buckets, I guess you'd have to say here on your retirement. And it is uh, certainly 
something that is unique to uh, all of our listeners in different situations. So what about creating a floor, Luke? So creating a floor is, you know, essentially different retirement accounts can provide a guaranteed income stream. So this would be things like Social Security, pensions, annuities, um, retirees can count on this money on a regular basis. It's mailbox money. It's just coming in every month. Um, But a floor strategy involves building up enough of this guaranteed income to meet your basic needs. So one way to do this is to purchase, it could be to purchase an annuity with an income rider that's inflation adjusted. And so this would be like having a pension or waiting to take your social security until it's going to provide a certain amount that you can plan to live on uh, for the rest of your retirement. So that could be a, that could be a strategy for you um, going into retirement. All right, and be, but- be, I was just going to say, be mindful of what type of annuity you're actually looking at, because not all annuities are the same. And so if you get into, say, the variable annuities, you're going to have some pretty high fees that you need to take into consideration. And they're not always easy to ferret out. So just be mindful that not all annuities are the same. And so if you're if you're looking into annuities, Try and get some real education on those because there's multiple different types from from a single premium immediate annuity, a fixed annuity, a fixed indexed annuity, and variable annuities. Um, and they all have a little bit different way of working and um, fees. All right. Uh, so I guess, uh, Andy, bucketing your money is uh, always a good thing. You don't want all your eggs in one basket. True statement. So for funds that don't provide guaranteed income, now this is going to be things like your 401k, 403b, 457, those convert to IRAs. A bucket strategy would ensure that some money is protected for short-term, mid-term, long-term use. And then again, you get into the different types of tools that you might want to use for bucketing that money. And so where you're going to put it again comes down to purpose determines placement. All right. And Luke, as we wrap up this segment, what about minimizing the mandatory distributions? Uh, That uh, can be key. It can be. And I think some people, you know, maybe they want to wait to take any distributions from their IRA because, well, they don't have to. And if they're living comfortably, they just say, well, let's wait until I'm 72 years old. Um, But there can be some strategy involved in starting to take some of that income earlier, which would... Chuck, to your point, reduce down the amount of your mandatory withdrawal come the time that you're 72, because for those accounts that you've never paid taxes on, the IRAs, the 401ks, uh, at that age, you're forced to take out distributions. And from a from a tax perspective, the amount of those distributions is actually increasing each year. So you don't just want to think about this in terms of, okay, what income am I going to have coming in at 72? No, what's the income going to look like at 75, at 80 years old? And with people living longer, those distributions can really add up over time. Well, I know, Andy, you've already talked about uh, the sequencing of returns. So uh, let's talk about what uh, dual financial strategies can do for our listeners. Yeah, come in and see us. Let's sit down. Let's take a look and see if we're a fit for you. You're a fit for us. Make sure that you have the tools and a plan that you need that's going to work for your family because that's ultimately what it's all about. This is not a one size fits all. This is making sure that you have the structured tools and the income streams and the taxes that we need to take a look at to make sure that we are planning that you have what you need going into and through retirement to see you all the way through. And then to make sure that your accounts get to your next generation um, as efficiently as we can. So that is really the critical aspect of retirement is that you need to have the money that you need to make it 
so you can have a successful retirement. Absolutely. And the best way to do that and get that retirement lifestyle review uh, is to give us a call at 866-203-7486. And uh, Andy just mentioned uh, Sam's book, Purpose Determines Placement. You get a copy of that. Remember, this is no cost, no obligation to you to get that true financial review and that retirement lifestyle review uh, with dual financial strategies. 866-203-7486 is the number. That's 866-203-7486. Well, I've always been taught that uh, 401ks were good, but maybe they're not. Is the 401k the be-all, end-all, best tool for saving for retirement? The short answer is no. But when we come back, we'll outline three reasons why the 401k may not be right for everyone. And we're back on Dual Financial Strategies. It's your retirement. That's the name of the program. Chuck Caton here along with uh, Andy Schooler, Luke Van Abel of Dual Financial Strategies. And, uh, well, 401ks. Uh, let's talk about uh, how it is important to save for retirement. Lots of people have 401ks out there. That's the main vehicle. Uh, however, it, uh, as uh, Luke said before, the brain might not be right for everyone. Uh, as uh, you look at uh, your advisor, uh, he or she can help you create the right retirement plan with or without a 401k. Now, we always thought the rule of thumb here, Andy, was that uh, 401ks were good, but there's something we don't understand sometimes. What are we being charged for this? What are those little financial termites? (laughs) Some of those fees may be hefty. They can be very hefty. You know, you never know really what's going on kind of behind the scenes. It's just this tool that's offered to you. Um, And understand that, you know, the 401k is is. Basically, 401k, 403b, if you're with you know teacher or a hospital, 457, if you're a government employee, they're all basically the same thing. They all basically function the same way. It's pre-tax dollars going into this account, unless you have a Roth option within that. Um, but from a standpoint of your 401ks may be fairly costly in their administrative fees that you can't negotiate. There's no way to. So those fees eat into your returns every year. Um, the top administrative fees you might face a host of investment fees within that 401k. So this especially holds true if you hold up an actively managed mutual fund, which tend to come with more expensive um, cost ratios. So now a good thing about 401ks is that they do offer some lower cost investment options. Usually you have to at least have a few index funds to choose from. That's a bit of a struggle because you don't know what you're going to get offered. But index funds are passively managed. Their expense ratios tend to be a little bit lower. Um, All told, you might spend more in fees on your 401k than you would with an IRA, and that could be a deficit to your savings growth. Okay, uh, let me ask you a question then, Andy. When you have a client come in, we have people come in, whether it's that no-cost, no-obligation review, or they are a client that says they're signing up with you. You sit down with them and you look at their portfolio. How do you discern some of these fees? Because I know I've gotten prospectuses and books from different investments that I've had, and uh, I can't make it out. I'm not a Philadelphia lawyer. Good Lord, and that is so true. You get these books literally in the mail um, and or sometimes just electronic. And boy, let me tell you, where do you start? Because it is hard to ferret that out. We use partly um, a, a system called Riskalyze. And so the beauty of Riskalyze actually does help us ferret out some of the fees. Now, understand, this is something I don't understand. But why the SEC can't come to determination about how everybody has to report their fees mm-hmm. is, is to me, criminal. I think it should be clear as day. And 
ultimately when, you know, at the end of the day, you kind of do have to use computer systems to ferret out what you're paying. And really those computer systems are only going to take a look at the prospectus fees. And so you can kind of double whatever your fees are. It's generally the rule of thumb and figure out what your fees are approximately. But you don't know if you have additional advisor fees or what's called a wrap fee. And that depends on who you're working with. So just be mindful that it can be very challenging to understand. And even though it doesn't look like you're paying that much, it certainly adds up, especially over time. Well, it uh, certainly reminds me of my phone bill every month because we bundle <laughs> our wireless, uh, home oh, yeah. wireless phone. And uh, we, we I still have a, uh, a landline and, along with our television. And all those fees are ridiculous. And I keep arguing with them. Uh, every month when I send uh, that bill in, but we can't do much about those, but uh, I'm sure it could be different in your situation there. All right, Luke, let's talk about uh, investment. We're talking about 401ks. They may not be the be-all, end-all for everybody, and one of the other reasons is, uh, obviously, we've talked about this before, your investment choices are limited. They are. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They are. I mean, in most cases, when we sit down with families, when we're looking at 401k statements um, and we ask for them to provide those things so that we can see, hey, what options do you have? Um, Most have, you know, in the neighborhood of one to two dozen different fund options. Um, And if those choices don't align with your investment strategy, you might have a real real hard time um, finding a happy medium, finding a comfortable place uh, for your investments to go into. And additionally, 401ks, typically, I haven't seen any where you can actually invest in an individual stock. I mean, it's it's almost always a mutual fund yeah. of some kind. Um, Target so date retirement funds. It's funds. Yeah, it's a, it's a fund. It's a <laughs> bond funds. Bond funds. Yeah. But that, that brings up another good point. I mean, you've got access to basically some sort of equity fund and you've got some access to some sort of bond fund. Um, but as far as alternative investments... Um, you typically don't have access don't. to that. Um, so if your goal is to outperform the market or if your goal is to minimize risk using a more broad spectrum of tools, then 401ks can be quite limiting. Um, the IRA, on the other hand, they do allow you to handpick stocks if you want. They do allow you to go out and choose from thousands of other different options um, and even seek investment help from other people if you know your cup of tea is not looking at the day-to-day investments and making those decisions on your own. So first of all, I want to make sure that people are realizing that getting that free match money is important. Yes. But after you get the free match money, um, you may want to take serious consideration to moving on. Move on to the IRA, move on to the Roth IRA, uh, because you've got a lot more in the way of flexibility. All right. I knew that when I had the, my 401k plan uh, with the Carolina Hurricanes hockey team, the Hartford Whalers before that, I did not have, Andy, a uh, an option to uh, get a Roth savings plan, a Roth 401k in it. So that may be another limitation, too, to the 401k. True statement. Um, I think everybody should have the option to put in um, money towards a Roth IRA. You know, the thing about using 401ks, 403Bs, 457, is you generally have availability to put more money into it each year. But like Luke said, if you want unlimited options virtually, then your best bet would be to go outside. So take the free money at work, fund enough to get that. 
then go outside. Fill up your bucket of money on the outside. So whether you're going to a Roth IRA, if you can qualify for that, because there are income limitations. If you make too much money, then of course they won't allow you to do that. You'd have to just stick with your employer plan. So fill up that bucket money on the outside, perhaps, and then come back if you have additional discretionary income and start going back to your 401k and find that balance between those two worlds so that you've got some choices. And then on the, you know, when you're looking at those independent choices on the outside, um, you can work with somebody that can help you balance what monies you have in your 401k compared to what you're doing on the outside to take some risk off the table. So you're not just limited to what's inside your 401k, even if it's a Roth or a traditional. Absolutely. Good advice here, Andy Schooler and uh, Luke Van Abel here on your retirement for dual financial strategies. And we remind you that their phone number to uh, give them a call to make that no cost, no obligation appointment to uh, talk about your retirement uh, portfolio and some advice and good advice from a fiduciary firm. It's 866-203-7486. That's 866-203-7486. So, Luke, as we wrap up this segment uh, is it uh, something that we should do to forego a 401k, even if we have it offered to us at work? Well, we know that, you know, there's a lot of different terminology, you know, when we're talking in the financial world, you know, we're throwing out 401k, we're throwing out TSP, we're throwing out all these numbers, and we know it can be really difficult for you to make sense of that. I mean, I, we know that there, we hear from you listeners all the time, like people like Luann and Appleton that, you know, maybe don't make sense of it, that talk to their husband about, hey, what does this mean? But I don't think you should forego right away the 401k plan uh, because too often they have free money built inside right. of them. Like Andy and I have been talking about where you're, you've got incentive to make a contribution in, in getting that free match money. But pay close attention to what that amount is. If you're not yet contributing the maximum amount to get that match, slowly build up to that. And once you're receiving that full match, Take serious consideration to moving on to a Roth IRA um, or a traditional IRA, depending on your situation, um, because, again, you've got the flexibility and in investment choices. Now you have more control over the fees that you're paying because you can work with somebody who's a fiduciary and more transparent about those fees. And they're, you're not going to find as many hidden things associated with them. And depending on the ultimate accounts that you use, now you've got the benefit of doing some tax planning for your retirement as well. So all these things point to don't forgo the 401k, but be open to other options to not only increase your, your limits of contributions, um, but also reducing the fees and having more investment control. Very good advice. And that's why, uh, Andy, uh, people should give you a call to Dual Financial Strategies because you offer a spectrum of great advice on retirement planning. Oh, I agree. I mean, I wish we could sit down with everybody and go through the tools that are available and, and just come from an educational side. I mean, that's basically where I think we differentiate. We focus entirely on retirement and it's education because nobody likes to be sold. Let's face it. There are tools at the end of the day. Sure. There's a limited number of tools out there to use for this type of money, but knowing what to do, where to go is completely dependent. I mean, you're all a snowflake. So everybody's different. Everybody might need a different balance between tools. You might need not to use this tool, but you definitely should use something like this. It, it really depends on what it is that you and your family, your loved ones need and what you're trying to solve for, because that's at the, uh, the end of the day, that's where it matters. That's where the rubber meets the road is making sure that you and your loved ones have what you need to get you to and through retirement. So come see us, sit down. No, you know, there's 
nothing pushy about it. Let's just find out if we're a fit for you and you're a fit for us. Enjoy some cookies and some nuts and <laughs> we'll have a great time. Absolutely. All right. You heard Andy uh, and cookies and nuts. Uh, <laughs> it's not that uh, thing from Christmas, right? If ifs and buts were candy and nuts. Anyway, over 20 years of experience. That's where they have a dual financial strategies. And uh, that phone number to make that no cost, no obligation appointment is 866-203-7486. That's 203-7486. Put the 866 in front of it. That uh, uh, will, um, well, auger well for you uh, when you meet with Sam or Andy or Luke and uh, get that no cost, no obligation assessment. And uh, also Sam's book, uh, Purpose Determines Placement. Get that retirement lifestyle review. Once again, 866-203-7486. All right, what's happening when we come back? When we come back, we'll tackle some retirement red flags and how we can turn them green. This is your retirement. Chuck Caton here and uh, in studio this week, uh, Andy Schooler, uh, Luke Van Abel, Sam Duell is on assignment here at Duell Financial Strategies. And remember, they've got that retirement lifestyle review for you. And uh, 866-203-7486 is the number to get that no cost, no obligation review of your retirement. Maybe you're close to retirement. Maybe uh, you're in a situation where you're looking for a second opinion. Well, now's the best time to figure out if there's some things that uh, don't uh, feel quite right about your retirement plan. And we're going to talk about that in this segment because uh, Andy and uh, Luke have put together a list of possible red flags and uh, now they're going to help you correct them to get back on track and make those uh, red flags green. And Andy, it starts with, and I don't know how many uh, people you and Luke see uh, every week that walk in and say, well, I don't really have a plan. Oh, Lots. (laughs) Lots. <laughs> Unfortunately, we wish that was different. And the reality of the situation is if you are working and you have a 401k, um, there's no one there to help you with that. The person that sat down and you know showed everybody in the company what options were available to them, they're not allowed to give you advice. So from a standpoint of who do you go to then that can help you with your 401k? And we do this all the time for people that are, you know, five years out, still working. Um, but definitely wanting to not get into a situation where they could be blown up before they retire. I mean, look at all the people from 2008 that had to continue to work because their retirement savings got completely obliterated. Um, and they found themselves, you know, with half the money that they had before and, um, and they had to keep working. So we don't want to see you do that. So sit down, let's go through your information, see what you have as far as options, and we can help you optimize that. Okay, uh, let's talk about the automation. Nothing is automated. If you, That could be a problem for you, right, Luke? It could be because what often happens if you don't have, you know, your savings or your retirement contributions on automatic is that at the end of the month, you're, you're scrambling to find some money to stash away. But unfortunately, you haven't paid yourself first, and it's too easy to spend that money. So oftentimes your savings in retirement get hit. But we want to turn this situation around. We want to make savings an automatic process, whether it's through an automatic payroll deduction, um, automatically contributing to that IRA. Um, It may sound cliche, but they say pay yourself first. So you can do that by automating so that you don't 
miss out on those contributions. I'm all for paying myself first in retirement, that's for sure, or in any circumstance, and uh, that is excellent advice. We're talking here with Andy Schooler and uh, Luke Van Abel of Dual Financial Strategies about some of the red flags in your retirement if you're not careful uh, about uh, how uh, you are uh, situating yourself in retirement. And one of the biggest mistakes, Andy, is having all your money in one investment, having all those eggs in one basket. That's not a good thing generally. It's not for sure. I mean, diversity is the key when it comes to retirement planning and your portfolio should reflect that. So to create some sort of a balance, we need to talk about things like what is, you know, the illusion of diversification. And let's face it, when you get mutual funds, I I mean, we've seen it countless times. I think we had one time, I think it was somewhere around 35 different mutual funds in this particular account. That is a lot of mutual funds. The problem was when we put it onto um, the matrix, what we found was that essentially it was almost all the same. It was almost all the same color. And and so that's an issue because if you're talking about, oh, I've got lots of mutual funds. Well, that's great, but are they actually doing something different? Do you know how much you're paying for those? So we want to start diversifying between different asset classes instead of just being in mutual funds. We personally don't use mutual funds. We find that they're not as efficient. They're not as transparent. Um, because we're a fiduciary, everything has to be in your best interest. Um, for the whole time that we work with you, it is not something that, oh, just from the beginning, the first day that we meet you, it has to be suitable. Suitable just means that it has to be within this variance, if you will, that is acceptable for your risk tolerance. But everybody's definition of risk tolerance can be different. So therefore, we use tools like Riskalyze because what we commonly see is that you'll come in and you will be more of a conservative or a moderate investor and you will have mutual funds that are sort of Mach 3 hair on fire and you had no idea that that amount of risk was in your accounts. So let's actually sit down. Let's really go through. Let's take a look at what the different asset classes are that are out there what's prudent for you what makes the most sense um, because ultimately at the end of the day it's your money and you need it to last through your retirement absolutely and uh, what you don't know will hurt you that's for sure and Luke it's just like going to the doctor if you don't have a meeting with your financial advisor that could be detrimental to your financial health it certainly can and you know sometimes you don't even have access to somebody when you're contributing to that 401k plan but having a relationship somebody with somebody that can sit down that can walk you through these different nuances as markets change as cycles change as the environment out there change as your personal situation changes you know what if someone gets laid off um or what if somebody's changing a job? I mean, these are all things that happen on a regular basis, and you certainly want to sit down periodically to review over. Are we still on track? Are we going to have enough to meet our goals? Have your goals for retirement changed where you may need more or less money? Those are things that all should be addressed as you're reviewing your accounts over time with your financial advisor. All right, Andy, again, uh, how many times have you uh, run into people who, uh, as part of their plan, forget to factor in rising health care costs. That's big. It is big, and it's getting bigger, especially with inflation. Um, the average 65-year-old couple retiring in 2022 will need approximately 300000 to cover their medical expenses, and that doesn't cover things like dental or long-term care. So with health care costs expected to rise in the coming years, it is essential to consider these upcoming expenses when planning for retirement. How are we going to take care of these things? How much money do you have aside? You know, where 
long-term care is a huge deal. I mean, seven of 10 people are going to need some sort of assistance um, from somebody outside your family. And so consequently, where do you go? What do you do? How much is that going to cost? What it, what Do you understand what Medicare covers and what it doesn't cover? There's some really big differences between the Medicare plans that are out there. And, and some of them sound really great. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of them have some real gaps in them that, that you need to understand. And so having someone that can help educate, walk you through those tools. Long-term care is another situation that can have a lot of holes and gaps in it. We commonly see people come through that have traditional long-term care they've been paying for for a long time, but they're seeing massive increases in their premiums to the point where they're questioning whether they can actually continue to afford that. And so now you have a plan that you've been paying for. It's kind of like pouring sound down a rat hole. And then you get to a point and you're like, good God, I can't actually afford this any longer. And yet I've been paying for this. What do I get out of it? There are tools that are out there that can help you with long-term care that the premium cannot go up on. We use hybrid plants all the time. And so that's something that if if that is a concern for you and it seems like when you have aging parents and you start to get a little bit more acquainted with the gaps and the holes that are in some of these plans, um, that definitely brings it home a little bit closer where you want to take some some action to figure out what it is you want to do for you and your loved ones. Absolutely. Luke, uh, I guess the best way to do things is do it yourself. Uh, in order to uh, keep those red flags away from your retirement, you can always save more, uh, but making uh, sure you uh, save enough. Saving enough, saving regularly really important things we talked in the last segment about not paying yourself first, but let's say you're setting aside 5% of your income each year towards your retirement. That's a really good start. Um, but if you, what we find as we're helping people retire is that they need to contribute more than that to have a, a more comfortable retirement, um, to get closer to replacing the income that they had while they were working because most people don't want to go into retirement and take a huge pay cut. Um, so one of the strategies to to help this is to slowly build up your contribution rate. Wherever you're at now, if you haven't started, start. If you're at 5%, maybe just add 1% every year um, going forward until you're at a comfortable place. So 1% isn't money that you too often will miss um, every month. All right. We talked to Andy a little bit earlier, paying yourself. Luke and I said it's always good to pay yourself first. So one of the red flags in your retirement is if you financially support some other people, uh, like your loved ones, at your own expense. That could be a no-no. you got to be careful. Boy, is that ever hard to not want to help the kids um, or your you know, aging parents. It's a real struggle. And and the hard part, is, I think, for most parents is you don't want to see your kids struggle, and, and especially if you can help them. But we do oftentimes see where it can be a detriment to the parents because ultimately um, you're going into retirement, which means you are going to be losing that W-2 or that 1099 income, however you've been generating income. And the kids have years still to work. So you really have to sometimes take a step back and go, can I really afford to do this? Because I I do have clients um, that are still in California and, and it is a big challenge for them. And they have two kids, two sets of kids that um, God bless them. They're awesome. They, they really struggle to not continue to support the kids. And it's like, you guys just need to buck up and get jobs and stick with it a little bit more, have a little bit more tenacity. Um, and the parents need to kind of pull away a bit and make sure that that they're taking care of business on their end. All right. Yikes. And as we wrap it up, Luke, very quickly, uh, you can tell people what uh, they can do, uh, what you can do at Dual Financial Strategies. And one thing is uh, don't retire with debt. 
Yeah, not retiring with debt, that's a big one. That's a big red flag going into retirement because of the the high interest rates that are associated with that. Um, So having a plan to reduce those down before you retire will be a huge burden lifted off of your back. And your retirement funds, one thing that I see as people get closer to retirement that have been living with this debt is they say, well, I can just use my retirement funds to address this issue and automatically, you know, pay it off. But if under, if the underlying problem is still there of spending too much, then the, the tendency is to go back to spending too much. So trying to try to retire with those credit card debts paid off. The other problem, the other problem associated with that is that if you're having to pull out money from a qualified account, an IRA or something like that, not only do you have to pull the money out to pay off the debt, but you got to turn around and pay taxes on that money. And so it's going to cost you even more because now you've got federal taxes and state taxes. And if you're under 59 and a half, when you're doing this, now you've got some additional penalties and you're going to be in another tax bracket that you haven't dreamed of. So just be mindful that, that you may not want to pull from your retirement accounts, but there are things that you can do. And we help clients all the time. I, I recently, interest rates on homes are still very low. And, and they were, um, I, one of the couple, the husband retired and, and they're living on the wife's income at this point and they needed to lower payments. And they were able to find that just removing the PMI and refinancing their home was, you know, drop their monthly payment by $400. Mm. That's pretty significant in the grand scheme of things. All right. So it's all great advice because it is all your retirement and it's 866-203-7486. Uh, that's what you should do to get that no cost, no obligation review. If you've got red flags in your retirement, uh, they're going to sort it out for you. Sam, Luke, and Andy will at Dual Financial Strategies with other over a score of years of experience in the financial field, in the retirement field. 866-203-7486. All right, it's question and answer time, right? When we come back, we've got some great questions from listeners. That and more after this. And we wrap up your retirement. Chuck Caton here and with uh, Sam Duell uh, out on assignment. We have Andy Schooler and Luke Van Abel uh, with us uh, here on your retirement. Anywhere in the Fox Valley, you can uh, listen to us at 866 and be uh, mindful that they're at your service at 866-203-7486. Dual Financial Strategies. And we have uh, Andy and Luke with us. And we're going to start out, uh, Andy, with uh, a question Uh, for you. I guess you're ready to go, aren't you? These are pretty good questions this week. Yeah, let's go. All right, let's go to Darboy. And William is there, who's 55 years old and plans to switch to a new and likely less lucrative career. Uh, He says, I need to tap into quite a bit of my retirement money to supplement my new venture. So how can I get the highest payout and avoid the 10% early withdrawal penalty? Because he's still four and a half years away uh, if he does so. Boy, that's a good one, William. Um, from a standpoint of, I'm not sure which monies you have. Do you have traditional IRA 401k or do you have Roth um, IRA 401k? So from a standpoint of looking at those two differences, um, it's pretty darn hard to avoid the 10% penalty if you're under 59 and a half. If you, you know, were to leave it at the existing company, you can get away generally with not having, um, you can do some withdrawals before you're 59, but, but then you get into, you may be limited. I don't know what your company's rules are, your, your past company's rules are at that point in time. So just it also be- depends too on what that new venture is. Because yeah. if that new venture is another, 
is it another job or is that venture a new business? Because there are things um, where you can roll over to start up for a business uh-huh. from your retirement accounts prior to um, the traditional 59 and a half age, which would avoid some penalties. But there are also a unique set of um, structures, business structure that has to be done. Um, you have to have a C-Corp. You paperwork. have to do a lot of paperwork. There's Lawyers. some other things that have to be involved. <laughs> so if that new venture, William, is a business that you're starting up and the C-Corp is an option, then, you know, um, it's the acronym is ROBS, R-O-B-S. That could be an option for withdrawing that money tax-free. But you bring up a good point, Andy, that not knowing what type of retirement accounts those are. Yeah, Roth is different under yeah. the different rules. So, yeah, I hope And what I hope a lot of people don't know that, you know, with the Roth IRAs, you know, if you do have Roth IRAs in place, that those contributions that are put into those accounts are available are available to you to pull out. It is the growth on them that yep. is not available Correct. until you're a certain age. All right, let's go to Green Bay now. And Luke, uh, Eric is there. He's got a little complicated situation here. He says, uh, my wife and I file taxes jointly, or we're both approaching 50 and currently have a combined $750,000 in a traditional 401k. Both of us are still working and have taxable, taxable income of 150000 Thousand. They want to switch future contributions from their traditional IRA to a Roth 401k. Uh, they currently give $35,000 a year to their 401k. If they switch it to the Roth 401k, it'll push this uh, in, he says, to the 24% tax bracket. Uh, my goal is to have some untaxed income to fade our tax burden in retirement. Uh, so is this a bad idea? Well, Eric, uh, that's a great question, an in-depth question. Um, you've provided some good information there. Um Untaxed income, that that tax-free income, is ideal, um, especially in today's environment where we're sitting at really low tax rates. And you know, you have the question you have to ask yourself, and we each have to ask ourselves: is where do we think tax rates are going in the future? Right. In addition to where will our income in retirement be? Um, Because you know you're sitting on pretty good income right now at 150,000 plus with your contributions going into the 401ks, so it's important to consider, you know, what type of income will you have coming in in retirement from Social Security, uh, pension if you're fortunate enough to have that, and then exploring um, the required distribution income from those IRA buckets that you've got between you and your wife. So what tax bracket will you fall into then? Uh, because then you can determine, you know, does it make sense from a from a tax perspective to kind of forego some of that, to give up some of the benefit now, if it's going to provide you more, more benefit down the road based on where you think tax rates will be and where you'll be. Um, and um, yeah, so th- there's some few a few unknowns that you haven't included here, but I think your line of thinking is correct in taking advantage of the lower uh, tax environment that we're in now and using that to your advantage. Um, Your lifestyle is going to dictate a lot as well, uh, because if you've got, you know, you're already 50, so you've got some time on your side. And with time on your side, that gives you a lot of flexibility to to draw money out of these pre-tax accounts, maybe before you even turn on social security or pension income. So these are great questions. If you've got more questions, we'd be happy to sit down with you and discuss them in greater detail. All right, let's go to Lee and Nina now. And Andy uh, wants to know, uh, I'm going to be retiring uh, from my job in just a couple of months here. And I've got uh, money in a 401k and an IRA totaling about $200,000. He also has 
a pension, and he also receives Social Security benefits. But he still has a house payment and some other debts. He says, my income and debt are approximately the same, and I'm not looking to invest any of the retirement money. So what type of advisor should I uh, seek uh, to help me budget my retirement savings and pay off some of that debt? Well, great question, Lee. Um, I'm glad you will have a pension. Not many people do have that case. So um, as far as what type of advisor, I guess I'm going to say basically I would hope that any advisor that you seek is a fiduciary only because we know that they are going to help you do what's in your best interest all of the time. And it's not that the suitability advisors don't want to, but they get their hands tied by who they work for. And so consequently, um, you know, you say, you don't necessarily want to invest your retirement money, the suitability advisor really only has tools like sales. And so they're going to try and sell you something. So really sitting down with someone that has um, a vested interest in who you are and what you need through a fiduciary concept would be the direction that I would, I would say would be smart for you to go to. Um, That's, that would be my advice. All right, let's go to our final question now, and it comes from Swamico, and Kelly is there. Luke, uh, she wants to know, would it be better to have a monthly withdrawal or yearly withdrawal from a thrift savings plan account? I was thinking that a yearly withdrawal would use less shares compared to monthly withdrawals, but is there an advantage to choosing one way of withdrawing over the other? Kelly, good question. Income is one of the most important pieces of the retirement scenario, and and how you take the distributions out is really critical. Um, you know, all things being equal, though, let's say you need two thousand dollars a month or twenty four thousand dollars a year to live on. Um, you're not necessarily going to be drawing out less shares if you're just pulling that out once. You know, assuming the share price is staying around the same. Um, so that's not necessarily an advantage. Um, what is just from a, a functional ease of going into retirement, I think we find that the vast majority of people will kind of budget. They think about their um, retirement expenses in terms of what do I need this month, right, to live on? Right. Because that's how is we've been. Is there an income gap? Yeah. Is there an income gap? And that's how they've been paid before. So. I think most people tend to bias towards that monthly time period um, and and looking at, hey, do I have enough, you know, from Social Security, from these other fixed sources to live on? If you don't, then you're taking the distributions from the account. One of the other advantages to taking money out of, um, you know, a TSP or any retirement account for that matter on a monthly basis is something called dollar cost averaging. And dollar cost averaging, you hear that in a a lot of ways um, on the contributions when you're making contributions to an account, um, you know, reg- making regular contributions every month. Well, the same works as the money's flowing out of the account. So if you're pulling money out every month, now you're not as tempted to say, well, when are we going to take this annual distribution? Right. Are we going to wait and try to time it when the market's a little higher? We right. want to avoid those low times. So just pulling the monthly amount out. Um, helps the budget. It helps makes make things a lot simpler. Um, and from a tax perspective, again, all things being equal, if you need that $24,000 or whatever that might be, breaking it up into monthly or breaking it up into annual at the end of the day is the same taxable income coming to you. Um, and as far as the Costco, you mentioned, um, something about the cost associated with making draws any 
really good, solid retirement income plan today shouldn't cost you any money to make um, distributions. Um, so keep that in mind. Some companies are still charging you a fee to do that. And of course, then if, if they're charging you a fee every time, well, then you might say, well, I'd rather do this on an annual basis. But if, if it fits the budget, if it fits the lifestyle better to take it out in in 12 month increments, there's other solutions out there. Well, that I was going to say, you know, usually these plans will have some sort of a lump sum distribution that you may be able to utilize first off. And that would give you unlimited resources for being able to take your money someplace else that would give you maybe better choices than what that TSP is going to offer. So, Correct. so check into that and see if a lump sum distribution is available to you. Um, it's probably not if you've already started taking distributions and set up that plan. But if you haven't, um, see if that's an option, because that might be a great way to give yourself some more tools that you could utilize that might fit your style and your needs better. All right. That's wonderful advice. And this is the kind of advice you get at Dual Financial Strategies with their over 20 years of experience from Sam, Andy, and Luke. And once again, they get that retirement lifestyle review that is so important to you. Uh, it is 866-203-7486. That's the number you should call uh, to get that no-cost, no-obligation assessment of your situation from a fiduciary firm that has, uh, as Andy said, your best interest in mind. Anywhere in the Fox Valley area, uh, that's uh, what uh, they uh, serve. At the Dual Financial Strategy, uh, they serve you, and uh, again, it's no cost, no obligation to uh, visit with them for your retirement. And uh, it is all about you. It is individual to you. And remember that number: it's eight six six two zero three seven four eight six eight six six two zero three. 7486. Well, who wants to uh, close it out for us, uh, Andy and Luke? Uh, we've missed Sam, but it's been a great show nonetheless. It has been a great show, and we appreciate you listening. We know that many of you have questions. Give us a call. We'd love to have a conversation about where you're at, where you'd like to go, and address these concerns in a in a comfortable office setting where uh, there's no sales brochures that are coming out. We just want to have a conversation and help you make the right decisions with your money um, so that you can uh, have the retirement that you've always dreamed of. So again, for Sam, Luke, and Andy, I'm Chuck Caton. Thanks for listening to Your Retirement. Investment advisory services offered through Dual Financial Strategies, LLC, a Wisconsin registered investment advisor. Dual Financial Strategies does not provide legal or tax advice. Investment advisor representatives of Dual Financial Strategies may only conduct business with residents of the states and jurisdictions in which they are properly registered. Insurance and annuity products are sold through Dual Financial Strategies. 